Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Kaylin Breckenridge. He is the CEO of B-Ridge Development. He's a real estate developer, an entrepreneur, and a self-described family man. He appeared in our January issue, a little uh, article about him, and we're really happy to have him here on the show today to talk more in depth about what drives him and what he's doing to build his business. Welcome to the show today, Kaylin. Hi, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Tell us about Bee Ridge Development. What is it? Well, Bee Ridge Development is a minority-owned firm that believes in bridging opportunities with communities through real estate development projects with an emphasis on mixed-use buildings. So that's pretty much what our focus is on. Okay, so so you do commercial development primarily then? Yeah, so we we mainly do commercial development. So the mixed-use buildings are buildings that have residents on top and retail on the bottom. So it, 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 just, it just takes the highest and best use of real estate. Okay. And are you mostly working within the Kansas City area on developments, or are you working regionally, nationally? What's your scope? Yeah, I mostly work in the Kansas City area and in the surrounding areas. So mm-hmm. um, like in Grandview or Raymore, um, cities like that. So in the suburbs also of Kansas City. Where did you get your experience in real estate? Well, um, the Beavers Development is a new company that I'm really excited about, and we're jumping in with both feet in 2018. I started rehabbing homes um, back in back in 2012, and I fell in love with real estate instantly. You know, I was born and raised in Kansas City, so it, it's important to me to help improve this city in any way that I can, and it's become a passion of mine. To, to just find opportunities to help better communities and improve housing options and increase home values. So that's where most of my experience is, lies in, in, in just doing flipping and, and redevelopment. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned you have a passion for it. Have you always had a passion for it, or is it something that you just saw an opportunity you know, several years back and thought you'd jump in and then you fell in love with it? How did that work? Yeah, I you know, I um, – you know, I read a book um, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad way back in, I think it was, what, 2010. And um, after reading that book, it just it just kind of appeared to me like um, I used to have this big, you know, being successful was like this big, huge mountain you had to climb. And just, it just seemed like it was just too hard to, like, surmount. So I, I uh, after reading that book, it just kind of gave me a strategy on how, how I, can, I could become successful. So I uh, in the book they talked a lot about investing in real estate and and I learned as much as I could and after doing that um, I started flipping houses and one of the things I love to do is decorate so actually flipping houses is really just an excuse for me to save the house so I can decorate and buy more furniture and, and stuff <laughs> like that so yeah so that you know I just fell in love with it and I started uh, started flipping and uh, you know it made money and I was like okay well. I could definitely do this. And so that's pretty much how it started. 
Yeah. What's the what's the real estate outlook here in Kansas City right now? I know I know everybody had problems during the recession, but it, it looks like it's rebounded and that it's actually going pretty oh, strong. And mixed yes. use developments are all the rage. It sounds like. Yeah, real estate is really doing really well in Kansas City right now. It's actually kind of crazy. When I first started in 2012 and um, and started flipping, I would go around with my real estate agent, get houses off the of MLS, and I'd see, you know, I'd look at four or five houses every time we went out. And, and you know, and just about every house was a good deal, and I just cherry-picked the ones I really, really liked. Now – I can't even find anything on MLS. I have to use other forms, other ways to find um, to find deals. And so it's a lot harder to find deals, but if you find one, it's very easy to sell. So it's a seller's market right now. And, you know, the real estate market in Kansas City is definitely booming. Yeah. And so is real estate your first foray into entrepreneurship? Did you do anything prior to real estate uh, in well, terms of a business? Yes. Or is that where you started? Yeah. I um I first started with um a vending. So I um I started in 2011. I started a candy vending business, mm-hmm. and I partnered with an organization that helps people fight blood cancers. And I managed a few employees, and you know I feel like I made a difference in a few people's lives. But vending was my first kind of toe dip in um in entrepreneurship. And I bought um I think I had about 200 machines. 200 vending machines all around the city, and that's pretty much what I did, how I started in being an entrepreneur. And I went from vending in 2011, and I kept that for a few years, but I also started flipping in 2012. So I kind of did both simultaneously or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but vending yeah. was my first – that was my first little toe dip into, um, into being an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, I get so many entrepreneurs on this show – and all of you just make it sound like it's so easy. Like you, you read a book and got inspired. I'm going to go start a business. And I know that it is not an easy road, that it's no. a lot of long hours. It's a lot of uh, giving up things. And sometimes, you know, financially, you're not in the best position. It's not necessarily entrepreneurship, especially in the beginning. is not this glamorous path that a lot of people think it is. So yeah. tell us about some of the hurdles that you have faced. Yeah, so, you know, being an entrepreneur is kind of like, you know, walking through a dark cave with a blindfold on. You know, you you go out and you, you want to do all these things, but you really don't know where to start, and you kind of pick up a course here, read a book there, and, and you hope that it kind of leads you in the right direction. But one of the roughest times, one of the biggest hurdles I had um, in my life pretty much um, was when I was diagnosed with uh, leukemia mm. back in, in 2010. And, uh, you know, when I was, uh, when I was going through that, it was, it was pretty rough, like doing the, doing the treatments and everything. But, um, you know, it kind of motivated me to, to stop and just do what I really love. You know, uh, when I was diagnosed, I had to quit my job and I had to drop all my classes and, and my college courses. And, um, and, it just completely turned my life upside down. And I realized then how precious time was. And I, I decided I wanted to focus on what was really important to me. And and that's when I um, just started focusing on doing what I really wanted to do. And that's when I started doing a vending, you know, so I can have more time with my with my wife and, mm-hmm. and focus on what I wanted to do. And then we got into real, we got into real estate and flipping houses. So 
that going through this chemo was pretty rough, but it helped me refocus on what I really wanted to do. So it just, it kind of motivated me to be more than what I was at the time. So yeah, yeah, those are those moments of really rude awakening. You have to get, you know, you you get tough with yourself and ask you what what is it that I really want to do? You know, things right. things could change tomorrow, and do I really want to keep spending my life the way I have? What got you through those rough times? Well, <laughs> you know, one of the things that really helped my wife when I was going through chemo, my wife was um, was instrumental. She uh, she she was pretty much my caretaker, and she would um, she would. You know, we go to our doctor's appointments, and I would just sit there and just kind of, kind of be happy. And they're telling her about what medications I needed to do and all the treatments I needed to have. And and she, you know, she took notes and kept a diary, and and she she stayed on top of everything. So it kind of helped her doing that. Kind of helped me focus on what I really wanted. Focus on I focused on the future and and thought about you know I basically pictured my kids and that I didn't have at the time. You know I you know just thought about what I wanted to do and it really helped move me through that. And it almost seemed like it was, I was just kind of living in the future during that time when I was. Mm -hmm. So it it really helped forward. Yeah. You know, one of the things they tell entrepreneurs is that when you decide to go into business for yourself, make sure you've got a really understanding family, uh, really understanding and supportive group of people around you because you're going to, it's not easy. And so it sounds like, you were already preparing for the entrepreneurial life and saw how supportive your wife was going to be. You got, you know, it's not ideal circumstances with the health issue, but, but you got a little test run as to just what she was made of, what you were made of and what you could get through. And if you can get through that, boy, you can, you can weather any business storm. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, the, um, going through chemo, just, you know, it, you know, I, I went through treatment for about two years, and every I would have, like, harsh chemo every few months. And, you know, when I'd have that harsh chemo, I wouldn't be able to do anything for, like, a week. And um, one of the things I like to do is work out. So when, I would, uh-huh. when, I, when I'd have those chemo treatments, I would, I would be weak for a while, and I would try to get back into the gym And when I got a little bit – when I felt a little bit better. And every time I had to do a chemo treatment, it was like I had never worked out before. So it was like I was just starting over every time. Oh. And after a while – I just, it just, I just became immune to it. And it, and I began to be okay with just starting over. And, and, you know, sometimes that helps out with other, other parts of your life. You know, when you're, when you're going through something like that and you, you kind of build up a tolerance for strife and adversity, it kind of helps you get through other things. So mm-hmm. that, that, um, that experience really, really helped propel me forward and prepare me for other things in my life. Right. I know that collaboration is very important to you. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the things about collaborating, you know, there's a quote by Zig Ziglar. If you help enough people get what they want, you can get what you want. And I think like when you, when you're a leader and, and you try to build a team of people who collaborate and work well to achieve a common goal, I think everyone comes out stronger than they started. And um, I think it's important it's important to me that I have people around me who help me build upon our strengths and also notice each other's weaknesses and, and make each other stronger. I think I believe it's an integral part of collaborating and it also benefits everyone. So I'm really yeah. I'm really 
strong. I'm really uh, a big believer in collaborating and teamwork. And, you know, I try to have a business partner in just about everything I do. So, and, you know, my wife is not my number one business partner. So. Yeah, it sounds like it. But it sounds like you come from a mentality of abundance where, you know, a lot of times people will get very, um, they'll, they'll restrict uh, what they will tell people and, and try yeah. to keep control. But really there's a lot to go around and there's enough for everybody if we all yeah. just work together. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. You know, at the beginning of the show, I introduced you as a family man and I know that you have a passion for children. Discuss some of the reasons why you care about helping children and paying it forward. I know that um, you're involved with some the science and different hands-on applications. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so, you know, I love to watch my kids marvel at the wonders of the world around them. I see their excitement when they when they discover how something works and experiment with something or why it doesn't work. And they ask all these, I mean, you know, kids, I have four-year-old twins and a, and a two-year-old. And oh my! Get, yeah, so you know, I get the I get the question why about a thousand times a day. So, so it just I just love their curiosity, and and I, I think I think if if you kind of if kid if parents kind of help their kids like kind of go through the world and ask questions, and I, it's really important to me to like instill that in kids at a very young age, or whatever, just to keep asking questions and they kind of push that through to adulthood adulthood i think once i think in about i don't know what it is it seems like as we go through school we kind of lose the courage to ask questions and and to be curious about about the world around us so mm-hmm. it, it's uh it's really important to me to build an organization that can help kids in like science technology engineering and math um i would like to partner with um with different firms and different charities to help to help school kids learn more about science and math and technology um just so they'll be more interested cuz I, I remember in i remember in school you know a lot of people were like why do we need this what 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 is what is the point of doing algebra or whatever right yes yeah <laughs> so i think i think if we shows the magic of science and technology and everything, it will it will help help kids try to focus on different subjects in school that they normally would think is a waste of time. So that's kind of mm-hmm. my yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why yeah. I, keep, I'm, keep, I'm, keep them interested. Yeah. 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 And 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 curious about the world that they live in. Talk to us about entrepreneurship in Kansas City. You know, we Kansas City has been getting so much national press in the last few years for some of the initiatives that we have going on here. And, uh, you know, entrepreneurship has really been elevated here in Kansas City. What, what do you see as opportunities for entrepreneurs you know, in Kansas City? Yeah. As I've traveled around the country, I've heard so many people say that, you know, we are just a flyover state. But, you know, Kansas City is more it's still the move, and, and you know we have low unemployment. We have a lot of great startups, and we have an up and coming small business. So a lot of uh, up and coming small businesses, and um, you know our down, downtown downtown is thriving with power and light and everything. We have the new airport on the way. I think all of those are really good indicators for the future of our city, and within those opportunities, I think there are a lot of opportunities for future entrepreneurs. So. 
Yeah. yeah. What, what advice would you give to someone who was thinking about starting a business here in Kansas City? Yeah, you know, one of the you know one of the reasons I think so many people feel their jobs are unrewarding is because they they aren't doing something that they love or that they're passionate about. So, for a new entrepreneur, I would say think about what you're passionate about, and you know, even if that's like cleaning floors with a special soap and wax, or even thinking about inventing a guiding system for a new Aries One rocket. Find <laughs> out, what you, you know, find out what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. You know, learn learn as much as you can and and about what it, whatever it is you want to do and surround yourself with encouraging people who believe in you and just jump in with both feet. Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, there's no tipping the toe in the water. Uh, you just go all in. It's right. been great talking with you today, Kaylin. I really appreciate the time that you took to tell us your story and to tell us about some of your philosophies. It, it sounds like you're on a great path and that there's a lot of strong success in your future. So congratulations <laughs> on all you've achieved and, and hopefully much more. How would somebody get in touch with you if they wanted to talk more with you? Well, you can, you can reach out to me. My, um, my email is... Kaylon, K-A-L-O-N, at Ridgebrook Capital Partners. Kaylon at Ridgebrook Capital Partners. And uh, you can get in touch with Kaylon there, talk to him more about his story, maybe some business ideas that you have, because remember, he's a collaborative kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, thank you, Kelly. Yeah. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.